So we are going to go Old Testament today. So turn in your Bibles, please, to Genesis 37. And we are going to start in uh, verse 2. And I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation this morning. Um, This message has been on my heart for a while. I didn't think this was going to be what I was going to preach, but as I was praying and studying, um, I felt like this was... This is an answer to a lot of people's question, questions, um, I should say. And um, the more I'm up here, the easier it's becoming and the, the more the Lord's telling me that I'm not here to impress you, I'm here to help you. Because it's very intimidating when a 24-year-old is looking out with over half the people who are older than me and what do I have to offer? What do, you guys have way more experience, but... The word trumps experience. You don't have to go through things to learn things in life. A lot of times it's man's way of learning, as pastor says, and not God's way of teaching. Everything that you need to learn is right here. And uh, it's kind of like a parent to a kid. It's like, just listen to me, and you won't have to go through that unnecessary adversity, the unnecessary punishment, unnecessary things in life if you would just listen. Most of the time we don't because we're humans, right? And that's in our nature. But, but if we can just get it that everything we need is in this word, it's going to make our lives so much better, right? All right, so let's, let's go. Genesis 37. We're going to read about Joseph. So it says, this account, uh, this is the account of Jacob and his family. When Joseph was 17 years old, he often tended his father's flocks. He worked for his half-brothers, the sons of his father's wives, Bia and Ziphia. But Joseph reported to his father some bad things the brothers were doing. So we have a tattletale. Not just any tattletale. The youngest is the tattletale. Do not like when it's the younger sibling. Just because I'm the oldest, so they're all younger than me. But whenever they tattled on me, it was like, you want some of this? Just wait. Just wait till mama's not looking, because it's on. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, oh, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, right. <laughs> Whatever. All right. Jacob loved Joseph more than any other of his children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. So not only is he a tattletale, but he's the favorite of the family. This is getting off to a bad start. So one day Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe. But his brothers hated Joseph, because their father loved him more than the rest of them. Well, yeah, I probably hate him too. They couldn't say one kind word about him. Now that's bad. Usually, you know, your mom would be like, say something nice about your brother. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing kind to say about him. That's a rough family dynamic. Um, One night, Joseph had a dream. And when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. So not only did they hate him, but now they hate him even more if it was possible. And they said, listen to this dream. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain, and suddenly my bundle stood up, and your bundles gathered around and bowed below mine. (laughs) Wow, now I like, we need to kill this guy, because now I hate him already. He's the favorite. He's a tattletale. And now he's telling us that we're going to bow to him. This kid is on crack. All right. His brothers responded, so you think you'll be king? Do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him more 
because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. But who gave him the dream? God. Did he exalt, did, did he exalt him? Did he give him honor? Did he even mention God? No. How many times does God give us a dream and give us a promise and we don't acknowledge him? We think it's all us. Brother, sister, if it wasn't for God, your heart wouldn't even be beating right now. Right? It's not us. It's the mercy and grace of God. And, and, and so let's continue. Soon Joseph had another dream. Uh-oh. And again, he told his brothers about it. Listen, I've had another dream. The sun, the moon, the 11 stars bowed low before me. And this time he told the dream to his father as well as his brothers, and his father scolded him. He said, what kind of dream is that, he asked. Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dreams meant. So the title of my message is The Process to the Promise. There's always, there's always a process, and I think it's something that the church does not talk about. We like to talk about the promises, right? All the promises are yes and amen, right? Well, how many know there's a process? Sometimes it takes a little bit longer than we would like. But as I'm going to explain, our time is not God's time, right? Time to, there's no time in his realm. So even though it's been taking a second, you're in the middle of process. And what you do in this time is very vital on whether or not you'll receive the, your promise. Right? So not only is J- Joseph a tattletale, but he's prideful. He's not giving the Lord any credit. He, this is all him. He's like, I'm going to be king. You guys are all going to bow, bow to me, and you guys are really going to hate me, and I'm going to make you wash my feet and massage my hands. And I don't know if he said all that, but... I'm going to make you do everything for me. So pretty much he's in no shape at all to be thrust into his destiny at this point. How many of us can relate to being right here? It takes takes some courage to admit that you're not ready. But the Lord's not going to put you in it until you're ready, right? Whether you think you're ready or not, it's up to the Lord, right? And it's ultimately it's up to you right? So our character, faithfulness, integrity, love, faith must be elevated to the same level of our destiny, of our promise, whatever it is. Character is vital. You can't confess 20,000 scriptures and your character stay this low for certain promises, for your destiny, for your calling. If you never elevate your character, if you never get into the word, if you never elevate your love walk, if you never elevate your faith, if you never elevate your faithfulness, you're going to stay right there. And it's not God. It's not your spouse. It's not your kid. It's you who's stalling. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. The finger's going from uh, me. Well, like Pastor says, the good news is you can fix you. You don't have to worry about fixing somebody else. You can fix you. You can fix you. So who are some other Bible characters who needed to go through process? It wasn't just Joseph. Moses spent 40 years in Midian before God called him by the burning bush. 40 years as a shepherd, doing shepherdy things, taking care of sheep. But he's in the middle of process, 
right? He was in the middle of fulfilling his destiny, right in the middle of it, because he tried to fulfill it sooner. He, he knew in on the inside that he was destined to get the Israelites out of Egypt. So what does he do? He kills a man. Well, that's not the way God had in mind, right? Therefore, you're going to go through even more of the process, 40 years in Midian. But I didn't think it had to be 40 years. He chose for it to be 40 years, right? David waited 15 years between the time he was anointed as king until he actually became king. 15 years. A lot of us are anointed, we're called, but we need to go through the process, right? Abraham waited 25 years before Isaac was born. Before, between the time he was 75 when God said, I'll make you a great nation. Well, he's already 75. And he waited 25 more years. How many of us would have done that? I think we would have given up. At least I would have. I'm being honest, I probably would have. 100 years old, I'm going to have a kid. I'm 24 and this kid's already a lot more than I can handle. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's, I'm just kidding. No, he's great. And one more. Jesus didn't start his ministry until age 30. He was a carpenter up until that point. He didn't even work in the Jewish synagogue. He was a carpenter. But that was part of his process, right? And uh, when we deviate from process, we're not going to get the promise. That's a sobering word, but it's the truth. And if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Amen? And like I said before, the awesome thing is you can fix you. God can fix you. Amen? All right, so the process begins when the promise is revealed. So, you know the rest of the story. They don't like him. They throw him in the pit. Um, They rip his robe off. Um, He gets sold into slavery and um, he gets bought by Potiphar. So that's where we're going to continue in Genesis 39, and we're going to start in verse 1. When Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was the captain of the guard of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. The Lord was with Joseph. How many know the Lord is with you? In the midst of your muck, in the midst of whatever's going on in your life, the Lord is with you. He will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And that's awesome. doesn't matter what you feel, right? We don't go by our feelings. We go by what the Word says, and the Lord says he'll never leave us nor forsake us. So he succeeded in everything he did and served in the home of the Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph. Well, that's, that's cool when people start noticing the Lord's with you, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his own personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned, so he trusted him. He trusted Joseph. From the day that Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. The Lord is blessing things around you for your sake. People are getting blessed and they don't even know it because you're carrying God on the inside of you. Come on, that's, that's a powerful thing. You got God on the inside of you. You got all the answers you need on the inside of you. You have all the help, all the grace, everything. And it's overflowing, right? It's overflowing. People, people aren't going to want you to leave their realm of living because you're blessing them. And they know it deep down that the Lord's with you. That's awesome, right? Right? 
Where am I at here? So Joseph, uh, da, 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 bless her. All right, all his household affairs ran smoothly, and his crops and livestock flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. So now Joseph is learning valuable leadership skills. He's learning about things that he needs to do to fulfill his destiny, which is ultimately to be second in command of Egypt. But he needed to know how to run a business. He needed to know how to lead people. He needed to know how to administrate. He didn't know how to do that at 17 when he was the tattletale, right? But the Lord knew that this is the route he needed to go. And maybe maybe if Joseph wasn't the way he was, maybe it could have been differently. But sometimes <laughs> we're a little hard-headed. But the Lord's still with us. The Lord knows. He's the, he knows the end from the beginning. And just because we mess up, just because, it's come, because of our dumb mistakes that we're where we're at, he already knew that. He already planned for it. He already knows that this is what it's going to take. And he's right there with you. Amen? All right. So this is where it gets not good for Joseph. Poor Joseph. All right. So complete ministry of control. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. Well, that's a nice life. Joseph was very handsome and a well-built young man. So he was like, not me. And uh, Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me. Uh, this is not This is not good at all. She demanded it. Wow. This chick needs counseling. All right. But Joseph refused. Look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in my entire household, in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be great sin against God. She kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her. And he kept out of her way as much as possible. Good, Joseph. Good. We're doing good, man. One day, however, he was at the right place at the wrong time. How many of us know we can be at the right place at the wrong time? He was right where he was supposed to be, doing his job, minding his own business, avoiding the creepy lady. (laughs) One day, however, when no one else was around and he went to do his work, she came and grabbed him by his cloak, (laughs) demanding, come and sleep Uh, Come and sleep with me. And Joseph tore himself away, and he left his cloak in her hand and ran from the house. So, poor Joseph, right? Feel bad for him. But I think the Lord knew this was going to happen, right? And I think Joseph would have been too content to stay in this. But this wasn't the promise. I mean, he was over Potiphar's household. This would have been a good life for him. He could have lived out his life in peace, perfect peace, I mean, besides the crazy lady, but he could have, it would have been perfectly fine, right? I'm looking back at times in my life where I've been comfortable, I've been okay, but I didn't, I knew that's not where I was supposed to be. But how many of us can stay where it's comfortable, right? And it's not the ultimate promise, right? It's not the ultimate goal. It's not our, so sometimes the Lord has to allow something to shake us up and then we get to decide whether we're going to listen or not, whether we're going to keep going the route. Sometimes we need to be swallowed by a fish, right? Because we're too stubborn to realize that this is not where we need to be. So this is where Joseph's at. And when every time Joseph, well, 
This was the biggest test of his life up to this point, and it seemed to catapult him backwards and not forwards. How many of us, we go, we go through things where we got one foot in front of the other, we're taking two steps forward, and then bam, it's like four steps back. What are we going to choose to do in that time? What are we going to choose to, who are we going to choose to believe? Are we going to get sad? Are we going to be like, wow, life is terrible. Wow, I guess God doesn't love me. Wow, I guess uh, this is where I'm supposed to be all my life. No, 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 no. Keep your mouth shut, right? Keep your mouth shut and choose to trust God. So we're going to continue um, in Genesis 39, verses 19 uh, through 23. But before I say that, I want to say you cannot cast out what you need to crucify. A lot of us want to cast out things that the Word says to crucify. What's the one thing the Word says to crucify? The flesh. What's the flesh? It's this. It's our thoughts. It's our emotions, our feelings, things that we want to do that need to be crucified. And I think a lot of times we're like, I cast you out in Jesus' name. And, but that's what you just need to crucify and be like, nope, I don't listen to you. I listen to God. And Joseph did a good job. And even though he did that, it catapulted him backwards. So he's faced with the choice. What's he going to do? So we're going to continue in verse 19 uh, through 23. Potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story about how Joseph treated her. So he took Joseph and threw him in the prison. Understandable, because he didn't get the full story. Where the king's prisoners were held, and there he remained. But the Lord was with Joseph. You need to underline that. You need to highlight it because the Lord is with you in your prison. The Lord is with you when it doesn't feel like it, when it doesn't seem like it. And he showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite of the prison warden. So see, he chose not to complain. Joseph chose to keep his mouth shut. And guess what? The Lord prospered him in prison. How does that happen? Right? Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. (laughs) So now he's running a prison full of delinquents. But he's learning. He's learning how to deal with different kinds of people. He's learning how to lead. He's learning how to administrate still. See, the Lord's putting things in his path to prepare him, and he doesn't even know it. It's things that he doesn't even... I, pref, I don't think he'd prefer to be learning these things in the prison. But sometimes it takes the prison for us to learn, right? And sometimes we don't like to talk about that. We want everything, sunshines and rainbows and flowers, and, but sometimes it takes the prison. Oh, it's getting quiet in here. But that's okay, because God's with you in the prison. He has a way of escape. He has a way out. Amen? All right, so we're going to continue in verse, uh, chapter 40, verse 1. Sometime later, Joseph's chief bearer, Joseph's chief cupbearer and chief baker offended the royal master. Pharaoh became angry with these two officials, and he put them in prison where Joseph was, in the palace of the cap in the palace of the captain of the guard. They remained in prison for quite some time, and the captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph, who looked after them. So, 
Question, are you going to choose to continue to have faith in God when after so many years your promise hasn't come to pass? This is after quite some time he's in the prison. We don't know how long he was in the prison. I think it was probably longer than when he was at Potiphar's house. So what are we going to choose to do in that situation? We're going to trust God, right? We're going to trust God. We're going to believe. Amen? So what happens after this? Joseph interprets the dreams. Um, They come to pass, and he tells the cupbearer, hey, tell Pharaoh about me so I can get out of here. I help you, you help me, huh? Huh? But what does he do? He forgets about him. Joseph, in Genesis 41, verse 1, how much longer is he in the prison after they get out? Two full years later. Man, this guy's a champ. He is winning. He is overcoming. He is passing the test. Two years later, Lord, have help me. Like what? But what he? You don't. He don't read anything about what he said. He could have been like Job, right? Curse God and die in prison. But he didn't. He didn't. He chose to believe. He chose to trust. And the Lord's trying to tell you today to trust him. It may, you might be the reason you're in the prison, but guess what? He'll turn it around for your good. God makes all things. Somebody say all. 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 How much is all? It's everything. It's all. The good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. He's turning it around for your good. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that amazing? You have the creator of the universe fighting for you. He sees you right where you're at. He hasn't left you. He hasn't forsaken you. The power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Isn't that awesome? I, th- I think we take that for granted. The spirit, the, the very power of God that raised Christ from the dead lives on, in- lives on the inside of you. You're not powerless. You're not defenseless. But since we're in this fallen world, we have to learn some things, right? If Joseph wasn't in prison and if he wasn't at Potiphar's house, if he didn't get sold into slavery, we don't know if he would have learned the things he needed to learn. And maybe that wasn't God's way of teaching it to him, but that was his way of learning, you know? Um, So don't, I always say, stay on God's side. No matter what, it may not make sense. It may look funny. It may look weird. It may seem like nothing's going to happen, but don't blame God. That's the last thing we should do because it's, it's easy to put the blame on somebody else, and it's easy to put the blame on somebody who the world has deemed should be in control of everything, but he's not. He gave the control to Adam. He gave the control to us, right? And he's going to take it back soon, amen? But that's another sermon in and of itself. So how long are we going to let the actions of others, the actions of the cupbearer, the actions of the baker, affect whether or not our promise comes to pass? How many times do we let other people decide for us what our destiny should be? What, what they say about God? Are you going to choose to believe what other people say, or are you going to choose to believe what God says? Hmm. If God said it, the only person that can stop it is you. Isn't that good? If God said it, it's coming to pass. Um, We're not going to go to it, but when Joseph is interpreting the dreams for Pharaoh, he said, because you had two dreams, 
that is a confirmation that these things are going to happen. And how many dreams did Joseph have? He had two. It's going to happen. It has to happen. It's going to happen. You're going to fulfill your destiny. It has to happen. According to the word of God, it's going to happen. But the only person that can stop it is you. Are you going to choose to put the brakes on? Are you going to choose to give up? Are you going to choose to blame God? Are you going to choose to push forward? Are you going to choose to work out those muscles? All right, I was at the gym. The gym. Yeah, I work out like twice a month. No, I'm just kidding. I work out a little more than that. But as I'm working out, I'm like, wow, this hurts. You know, these curls hurt. Wow, this bench press hurts. And then when I have to do legs, I'm like, ah, oh, legs. But I don't want to be that guy at the gym who doesn't work legs because, yeah, that's bad. You don't want to be that guy. <laughs> but it hurts, right? It hurts to work out. And when you work out, you're actually not building up your muscles. You're tearing them. So why is it any different in life? When you're going through things that hurt, when you're going through things that are tearing you, that's actually building you up. Your muscles build actually when you rest. But when you're working them out, they're tearing. So that way they can get stronger. But tearing and resting is important. They're both vital. You can't work out 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you're not going to you're not going to grow. You need to rest. We need to rest, right? We need to rest that in the promises of God, but we also need to be willing to hurt a little bit. And what, what do I mean by hurt? Do I mean sickness and disease? No. No, the Lord paid for that for you. That's something you can cast out. That's something you can rebuke, right? I'm talking about the promises of destiny. I'm talking about the promises of, of calling, of purpose. I'm not talking about the promises that Christ... Uh, redeemed us for, right? I'm not talking about the curse of the law and all that. It's good to make that distinction, right? Because people can take what you say and run off with it. No, 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 no. I'm talking about you fulfilling your destiny. I'm talking about you fulfilling your calling. I'm talking about right in the middle of where it seems to hurt, your character is developing. Your faithfulness is developing. Your loyalty is developing, right? Integrity. What does the world know about integrity nowadays? Nothing. Nikki's rolling her eyes. She's like, oh. It's the truth, though. And how many of us want something now? We live in a world that wants it now. Amazon Prime, two days, free shipping. Hello, now. Actually, that's not even fast enough. I need you to, like, teleport it to me. Because I need whatever it is you buy on Amazon. You can buy clothes and Everything. What can't you buy on Amazon? They're taking over the world, Amazon and Disney. Um, but we live in such a microwave society that we have to be careful because we can get into that mindset and not want to hear stories like this. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but you know how long it took Joseph to get to his promise? 13 years. 13 years. Some of you are like, I've waited six months. But I was like that working uh, before I got to work here at the church. Um, it was something that the Lord placed on my heart a while ago that I was supposed to do. I didn't know when it was going to happen. I thought it was going to happen right after I got out of high school, and boy, was I wrong. I worked at an auto parts store and drove and beat up messed up trucks that didn't have AC. My back was sweating every day. I almost fell asleep at the wheel because it was so hot. And, but you know what I did it during that time? I listened to messages. It was a perfect time to listen to messages. Because I had eight hours a day in a truck 
what else am I going to do? You know? And I was, I knew that it was a time of preparation. You cannot fulfill your, the promise God has for you, your destiny without the process of preparation. Preparation is vital. It's super important, super important. Oh my gosh, it's 1123. Praise the Lord. Are you guys getting something today? Is this helping you? Some of you are right in the middle of process right now, and you're wondering if the promise is going to be fulfilled. And I'm here to tell you it is. Amen. You need to get excited about that. You need to praise God like it's happening because it's going to happen. Amen. Woo. So the goal is, is when you keep getting hit, you need to keep getting back up. The enemy doesn't play fair, but you need to keep getting up every time. And the last point I want to make before we go on is obscurity is the perfect soil for your growth. It's actually one of the greatest gift God gives us, but a lot of us treat it, treat it as a curse. What is obscurity? You know, in my words, it's the hiding place. It's under the shadow of the Almighty, right? Where people aren't seeing you. When, when you choose to do the right thing and nobody's watching, right? That's when, that's when your character's being developed. Are you going to choose to do the right thing whether nobody's watching or not? Are you going to choose to continue to believe God when it doesn't look like it's going to happen, right? Well, I have this dream on my heart. It's going to happen. I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to do that. Well, good. God gives you the desires of your heart, but that he doesn't just give you that right as soon as he tells you about it. He gave you that so that way when you're in the middle of process, you can remember, I'm, doing, I'm going through this. I'm going through this. He's helping me. I'm developing. If I didn't, if I had right out of high school been thrust into the position I'm in now, I wouldn't have been ready. Kidding me? Um, I learned a lot. I learned how to deal with people. I learned that people aren't always nice. I learned uh, not everybody's going to like you which was a tough reality for me because I like to make everybody happy. Uh, not as much anymore, but um, at the time, I, that was something that I needed help. And guess what? When you're a leader over a church, a business, you're not going to make everybody happy. And you need to get over it. I needed to get over it. And it took me a while. I learned that, uh, yeah, just in my in my other job when I worked at a dealership, I had somebody throw something at me. And I'm like, you better, you want to get over here? You want to tussle? But what are you going to do in that situation? You're going to bite your, bite your tongue, bite your lip, be like, good day, sir. Good day. And guess what? That's developing you. That's developing you for your calling, for your purpose. And maybe you're already in your purpose and your calling. Well, guess what? It's, it's just going to continue. You're, there's never, there, you've never arrived, right? You've never arrived. It takes time. It takes uh, energy. It takes work. I know a lot of us don't like to hear that. But guess what? You have the grace there to do it. You have the power. I looked up the word grace in the dictionary, and it's virtue from God. You have the power from God to be where you're at. Isn't that awesome? You have the power from God to fulfill what you need to fulfill. I don't care how old you are. You still have another level of promise, another level of destiny, another level of calling that you need to get into because the world needs you. The world needs you to fulfill your calling. The world needs you 
to do what you need to do, to pull weeds. I, got, I didn't think I was going to have to preach today. Rich was preaching up here. But that's powerful, and it's not, what are you going to do when you're pulling weeds out on the church and it doesn't seem like it's doing anything? When you're working in children's church and you're like, wow, this kid, I'm, I'm not even going to tell the parents what I'm going to do to this kid. Right? That's terrible. What are you going to do when uh, the camera people right now, I've, I've ran those cameras. It is hard to look at that little tiny screen and for two hours. But they're, they're loving you and they're loving God and they're in the middle of, their perf- of the perfect will of God, what they're doing. They're in the middle of the process for future things because what are they going to do when it seems to be a lowly thing we're doing? And it's not, by the way. That's a lie of the enemy. Amen? Amen. Are you guys excited? You guys have a purpose and nobody else can do it. You guys have a calling and no one else can fulfill it. We all do. And even in the middle of the prison, in the middle of Potiphar's crazy wife, we can look up and say, God, you're with me. You're prospering me. You're helping me. I have everything I need here to get through this, and it's making me better. It's making me tougher, right? All right, I need to get to the end real quick. So uh, we're going to skip past most of my notes. Um, <laughs> all right, Lord, help me out here because it's... Okay, Genesis 41, verse 14. We're going to read this real quick. Do you guys have five more minutes? We can do part two, he says. See that? It's nice, it's nice being the son-in-law. No. <laughs> no leave you hanging. Okay. <laughs> All right. Genesis 41, verse 14 through 16. It says, Pharaoh sent for Joseph at once. So the cupbearer, back to the story, the cupbearer finally remembered. He's like, oh my gosh, I left my boy Joseph hanging in the prison. Uh, Pharaoh, you got some dreams on the interpret. I got a Hebrew guy, kind of dark skin, but he's, he's good looking. You'll like him. He's been working out in prison. He's not getting fluffy. It's all good. Um, <laughs> and he was quickly brought from the prison, and he shaved and changed his clothes. He went in and stood before Pharaoh. So this is his time. This is his moment. This is what he's been waiting for. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream last night, and no one can tell me what it means, but I've heard, that you, but I've heard you hear about a dream that you can interpret. And Joseph replied, so this is his time. What's he going to say? This is his time. What's he going to do? It is beyond my power to do this. What does he say? But God. But God can tell you what it means and set you at ease. Totally different from the first dreams he got, right? He didn't even acknowledge God. He did it. He did it. Look at the character difference between Joseph's answer now versus the dreams he told his brothers. He's giving God the credit now. This was his time to prove that, to prove to God he was ready. Because if, he, if that wasn't his answer, he probably would interpret the dream wrong, and then he probably would have got his head cut off or something, because they were crazy back then. Seriously. You want to know? Well, real quick. Do you want to know what happened to the uh, cake person? He got impaled on a pole. Yeah. So he needed, to, he needed to make this right. He needed to do this right. And what does he do? He gives God the credit. Not God. Not God. Or excuse me, not me, but God. Not me, but God, right? Amen. 
All right. I'm almost done, okay? I don't think we need to do part two. But we're just going to go to the end here. And Genesis 45, verse 3 through 8. So Joseph does it. He becomes second in command of Egypt. And the, his brothers come. And he, uh, he realizes it's them. It says in verse 3, I am Joseph, he said to his brothers. So this is after, you'll have to read the story after his brothers go back and forth between uh, their homeland with food and whatnot. He says, I am Joseph, he said to his brothers. Is my father still alive? But his brothers were speechless. They're like, this is the guy we threw in the hole. This is the guy we hated. This is the guy we, well, hated. You know, I don't really know what else to say. Um, they were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing right there in front of them. Keep going. Please come closer, he said to them. So they came closer, and he said again, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. But don't be upset, and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. Whoo! Whew. It was God. It was God. He knew that I'd have to go into Potiphar's house. He knew I'd have to deal with his crazy wife. He knew I'd have to go into prison for a very long time. But he sent me. He sent me here. This famine that has ravaged the land for two years will last five more years. They will no neither be plowing nor harvesting. God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors so it was God who sent me here, not you. I know it was, you guys think it was you, and I know you guys intended for me to die. I know you guys intended for me to, something bad happen, but it was God, because he knew you were going to do it, and he had a way out. He knew you were going to do it. Come on, what the devil meant to crucify you with, God's going to use it for resurrection. Come on. Woo! Amen. It doesn't, so what if there's a crucifixion? There's always going to be resurrection afterwards. Amen? And the power that happened at resurrection, whoo, it's happening in your life. It's happening in your situation. It's happening. It's happening. Say, it's happening. It's happening. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's happening. it's happening. All right, where am I at here? Gosh, I'm getting so excited. So, and he is the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh to manage this entire palace and the governor of all Egypt. And then I'm just going to jump right to Genesis 50, verse 19. And uh, we'll finish this here because I just wanted to show you what he said. But Joseph replied, don't be afraid of me. Am I God? Can I punish you? He's still talking to his brothers because they're like, oh, my gosh, what's this guy going to do? Because he's second in command. He could do whatever he wants. He could have them burned. He could have them beat up. He could have them bad things happen that we don't want to talk about. But he said, you intended to harm me. But God intended it all for good. Whoo, that's exciting. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Your promise is always going to be bigger than you. It's always going to be bigger than you. It's always going to be bigger, vaster. Our God, exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. It's not just for you, right? Isn't that exciting? So maybe the next time... Or even right now, if you're in the middle of process, keep your mind on other people because it's not just for you. Your calling, your destiny, your promise, it's not just for you. It's for others. Look how many people got affected. The whole known world 
got affected because of Joseph, because of his promise. And he thought it was just to make his brothers mad and uh, think about how small he had to have been thinking. Oh, just this is just my brothers. They're going to bow down and worship me. They're going to need me. But it was more than just his brothers. It was for the entire known world. That's how many people got affected by his calling. Amen? Your calling's bigger than you. All right, so why don't we stand up?